Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What's happening? It's me, Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. This is me, Mark Marin, after working. I was on set today. I'm sorry, how are you? Everything all right? I'm out in the world in this fucking COVID tsunami working like a fucking idiot because I chose to do so. I chose to believe that protocols were in place that will protect me on this set. I chose to believe people who told me you'd probably be safer on a movie set than you would be going to Trader Joe's or Ralph's. I chose to do it. I did not know when I chose to do it that it would be the fucking escalating peak of the plague. But now I'm in it. And I have to accept my uh, choices and do the work. I'm grateful to be working, but terrified on another level. But I've let that go because I made the choice. And they do seem to have their shit together with the masks and the shields and the testing. Godspeed. God willing. I will not get this fucking bug. I didn't start thinking about it again till the end of the day. I got up at five, had to drive an hour and uh, 15 minutes out to the edge of the desert to this little shitty hotel, this rundown old dump of a hotel that is the set for the, uh, the next week or so. I'm only shooting 11 days on the movie. And uh, for some reason, it's not unfamiliar to I, the Glow Hotel. Was a shitty little hotel. You're always wondering, like, do, do people live here? And it's sad, but that's where we're out. Out there, that's where we're at. Out there in the dust, on the edge of the world. And I got to be honest with you, man. And it saddens me. But I think most people in this country live in borderline squalor. And it's fucking disturbing and unfair and sad. But there we are out there making a movie. It's a human story about a woman with trouble. And uh, I've been working with um, Andrea Riceborough, who's sort of a, a savant, a genius, a great actress, British person. And Andre Royo, who you know from this show and from The Wire, 
from Empire. That guy's a live wire. Speaking of wires, he plays Bubs, but he's my buddy and my kind of my partner in this movie. So I'm hanging around a lot with Bubs, with Andre. Great guy. I couldn't I couldn't have asked to be hanging out with a better person in the downtime. The only problem is I got to maintain, I got to do a Texan accent, which I'm doing. I'm just doing it. I don't give a fuck. I laid it in place. I did the work. I did the dialecting with the dialect coach. I got a little primer. I got a little little uh, page of things I got to think about when I do it. And I do it and I try not to do it up in my nose where it sounds like I'm doing a impression of somebody from Texas but it's going well and I'm glad I took the gig it's uh it's scary but I you know it's nice to be around people I I know that it's dangerous and maybe not the smartest thing I ever did in my life but like I said the protocols are in place safety is being um focused on immensely there's nobody on the set without a mask and mostly without a shield ever except for actors when they're doing their scenes I get tested every other day, it seems, and uh, hopefully I won't get it, and I, and I feel like I'm doing okay work. I didn't know what I had in me anymore. We've been in this quarantine situation for a long time, but I didn't know if I could still work with people or get into the zone and do the acting, but I, as I said the other day, I'm on set, and I'm like, I know what this is. I know how to do this. I'm familiar with this profession. I am a professional in this show business thing. And the director seems very happy. He seems to be getting what he wanted out of me. He ordered a Mark Marin. He's getting the Mark Marin. Did I mention today uh, on the show here, Brad Williams is uh, on the show. Brad is a comedian. He's a little person. He's a dwarf. I was told it's okay to say dwarf by Brad Williams. You may have seen his stand-up specials, Fun Size or Daddy's Issues. And he's also uh, appears in the uh, Netflix stand-up series, The Degenerates. And he and he was uh, the topic or the subject or the launchpad of one of the funnier moments I've ever uh, had on radio. Not not me personally, but, but bore witness one of the funnier moments that I've witnessed on radio with Anthony Cumia before he went completely sour uh, when he was a a funnier clown. But I talked to Brad about that. Man, what a day. A lot of pages, a lot of scenes. It got to the point where I, the last thing we were shooting today, I had to drive up and get out of a truck. Me and Andre had to drive up and get out of a truck. And I had one line. Line was, uh, so did it go okay? Everything go okay? Man, but everything gets rolled into motion. We had uh, transpo, moved the truck. We got in the truck. All the gears were going. Everyone's on set doing the thing. We got a moving vehicle. I fucking drive that thing up and I get out and I deliver my line to Andrea, who's playing Leslie, and I say, everything go okay? And then I stopped and like, fuck, no accent. Like, and it was almost as if no one caught it. I'm like, we got no accent. That was me. It was just Mark. Can't have that. Back up the truck. I, I forgot to put on my accent face. But it's going well. But it's weird what I get freaked out about. Like, you know, I I did some, uh, yeah, I got to sign a, when I was on Glow, I signed a nudity waiver. Is that what you say? That I had to do that. 
Because if those women were going to show anything, then I had it had to be equal, and I had to show whatever they asked me to show. Fortunately, as some of you may know, it was my ass. And there was one, uh, it was one, not really a sex scene, but uh, partial nudity. But I, I showed my ass. It's there. I walked around set with a dick sock on. And that was okay. I was okay to deal with that. But I'm doing this movie and there's one scene where I got to eat a TV dinner and I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I can fucking do that. Is there any way around me eating a TV dinner? Because we got to do a bunch of takes and I got to eat Salisbury steak from a TV dinner. I was more freaked out about that than showing my ass on camera. Even my cock, maybe. I, I don't know. That's a little, that would have been a little hard. No, I mean, it probably wouldn't have. Damn it. I didn't mean to do that. It didn't. I'm not even going to play it out. But uh, I was it really, I had to really kind of come to grips with eating a Salisbury steak from a fucking TV dinner. Fortunately, they made one special for Andrea, who has uh, meat issues. So they made a gluten-free veggie one. So I, t- I was able to take some of that as opposed to the real Salisbury steak. But I did more eating on camera this time than I ever have. And I try to avoid it at all costs. Because if you eat on camera in a scene, then every time you do a take, you got to remember where the fuck you ate. Like there's not enough going on in the world. I'm happy to be working. I really am. It's really exciting. And it's so fucking nice. It's amazing how long it's been to be around that many other people. It doesn't feel that different. It's just everyone's wearing masks. So do you guys have the um, the Citizen app? I don't know what the hell I got it for. I think it was a fire thing. I think my friend Dan said it's good for fire updates. But now I got on here and you just, you know, if you think you live in a good neighborhood, get the Citizen's app. You don't know what the fuck is going on in your neighborhood. And I don't know whether it's like promoting entertainment because I got to fight myself sometimes, man. Just out of nowhere, you'll get a notification from the Citizen app, and it's like a naked man running around Trader Joe parking lot with a knife, upset that it's not open yet. It's like, part of me is like, holy shit, that's crazy. And the other part of me is sort of like, I wonder if I leave now, if he'd still be out there when I get down there. Because I kind of like to see that. And then sometimes there's just things come up, and it's like, is that really, did someone call that in? Man with indigestion at Glen Oaks and Brand on the corner bus stop. I don't know if that's, is that really something I should, do I need to know that? That doesn't seem like a big deal. Fellow with funny head walking through the Bank of America parking lot. Nope. Don't need to know that. Five gunshots heard. And then sometimes the story doesn't even go on. Man talking to his penis sitting in front of Walgreens. Now that I got to get to. What time did that start? That sounds like an interesting one-person show. I started a conversation with somebody on set today. And, uh, you know, you just never know, man. You just never know. I was talking to some person who I knew from another show. You know, we're just talking about the world for two seconds. She's like, I'm a little worried about communism. I'm like, what? 
She said, yeah, I talked to some people that I know, a couple of people I know from Cuba said it's happening. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So like communism I'm in America. Yeah, we're it's, it's going communist. I'm like, what are you what are you even talking about? She's like, well, I don't know. I'd like to hear your opinion. I'm like, this doesn't sound like one of those opinion talks. This sounds like cuckoo time. And then I realized like there's like there's I think there's a few questions you can ask when somebody says something like that. When somebody says something provocative that you're not sure where they're going with it. Though I, I'm, I got a pretty good idea. There just should be like a, a quiz where you can just be like, hey, like before I get into this discussion with you, can I just ask you a couple questions? Do, do you believe in global warming? Uh-huh. Uh, do you believe that vaccines work? Do you believe there is a deep state? Do you think there was election fraud? Like I had two out of four. You could do two out of four of those. You can sort of go like, all right, you know what? Um, thank you for answering those questions with the, the yes or no uh, part of this. And I don't think I think I'm going to pass on the the bigger discussion because um i don't know it's time i'm not going to get back and uh you're a dumb dumb <laughs> but as i said i don't know where that the person i was talking to, i don't know where that was going because i pulled out I, I pulled the ripcord before i even got into it because i can get pretty worked up and uh you know you ain't gonna change any minds you know, especially the ones that are on lockdown. I've known Brad Williams for a long time. Uh, he's a funny man. He's a little person, which is exciting. This is the first time I've talked to a little person on the show. So this is a first, a historic first. And uh, as I said earlier, he's, you can see his specials, uh, fun size, daddy issues. He's been on the degenerates. He's got, you know, we're just going to do the thing that we do here. Comedian talk. This is me and Brad Williams. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades, or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts it's so rare to have people in person i know it's weird right <laughs> yeah i mean i see people but i don't do this much i yeah. don't do the podcast with humans that much no 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 one's coming over here they all do the zoom stuff with you they do yeah it's uh you know, it, it, it's weird. Do you find yourself when you actually have a personal moment with either, uh, like, 
a gardener or someone who works fast food, you like hang on to the conversation a little too long because you're like, ah, yeah, in yeah. A, humans, like, interpersonal communication. Yeah, we're talking like people. I miss this. <laughs> yes. I miss you. I've never met you before in my life. I miss this. You're so important to me right now. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I find that like. Oh, I'm, uh, thank you for bringing me these macarons. Your wife made. Now I got to try one on Mike because people oh, wow. love that more than anything. They oh. love when you eat on Mike. <laughs> Is this like some weird no, ASMR? They fucking hate it. <laughs> there's some. Pe- <laughs> there's some people where you you eat on Mike and it's like it's the worst thing. It's like it's like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, they're great. Oh well, she's a she's a great baker. Really? Yeah. Is that her thing? I mean, it's one of her things. Uh, but not a, it's not a profession. Yeah, yeah. No, she's a behavioral therapist. Oh, man. How's that helping you? Uh, great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Are you behaving yourself? Yes. Um, well, like, I grew up, my dad's a lawyer, so I'm just used to not winning arguments. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it's just a nice little, I, I went from being living with my dad and never winning an argument and then I, I live with my wife and she 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 has trained me to lose arguments because she because she's a behavioral therapist I I I, I accept defeat well um, and then she and and also we're comics so we're right. used to bombing we're, we're, we're used to being told no uh, yeah. and we're, and we're used to walking into a club owner's office and being like hey i sold 200 tickets they're like you sold five yeah, okay yeah bye and, thanks okay so the rest was paper no problem <laughs> did you guys make your money though did you guys do all right as you're long gonna, as you guys are good you're gonna have me back right okay oh, the worst <laughs> i don't i don't miss that shit I, was, I just read that book did you read that book by that kid oh which one sam talent no, I haven't read it yet. Do you know about it? Yeah, I know. I know all the comics are talking about it. Yeah, I gotta, me too. Well, I mean, I, I gotta start reading. There's it. comics in it. He kind of yeah. blends real life with uh, with the fiction. Mm. So there's like these weird appearances by guys like Rick Kearns. I mean, that's a that's a that's a deep cut, man. Rick Kearns. Rick Kearns. Hey, Marin, what's going on? Not not a lot of stories about Rick Kearns going around. Well, I, I think there are plenty of stories about Rick <laughs> Kearns going around, but no, you know, nobody knows them. That's what I loved about the Comedy Store doc is that it it, it dove into some people that aren't. Yeah, we all know Letterman, Kennison. <laughs> yeah, but we all know those stories. Sure, but, but then they dove. They they did some deep. Cut stuff. The, the Freddie Prince Jimmy Walker thing, where they go over to John Travolta's with that crossbow. I mean, <laughs> fuck, dude, that was the best. They're like, can you imagine getting that call? We're going over there. And I'm like, what? <laughs> but you go. Like that was the funny thing about Walker. He's like, he went. Yeah, he went. He, 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 like, because what do you do? Say no? Yeah, you got to go. No, you got to go and at least witness a murder or maybe stop it. I don't know, but Kearns, there was a, he told me a, there's a great Rick Kearns story about how like you know he kind of. He made he sort of made a show for himself in I uh, one of the San Francisco comedy competitions. He's a he mm-hmm. was a, he was out here. He's a Denver guy. He was around, you know. I've known him, but so he gets a an appointment for a general at a at like I think it's CBS or something. Okay, but he comes down. He's got no fucking car. He's drunk. He's got to take a bus. So it was just this whole story about how he meets the, the brass. He has a great meeting, and then he has to go sit at the bus stop. And the guy who he had the meeting with drives by him. Oh, at the bus stop and just see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hey buddy. It, is is it weird that I get uh, a strange sense of pleasure? about people that have it they 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 have yeah it and then they blow it for some weird reason or they get in their own way like i i, oh, no, I it's like, i'm fascinated I'm, with stories like fascinated that. is a nice word when you yeah. do comedy long enough you're like no that didn't work out huh? <laughs> <laughs> like uh you know what this is actually 
first of all, thank you so much for having me. Secondly, this is my th- th- my first time on the podcast. Second time I've been mentioned, though. Oh, yeah? I was mentioned during the Gallagher uh, I- interview. You were? Yeah. At some point, I it's right before- Did I do it or he did it? He did it. <laughs> right before he he leaves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're saying that he does something about like, well, he's making a certain kind of joke that's not good or he shouldn't make right. or so- something like that. Yeah. And he yells out, I saw a midget comic last week tell a bunch of midget jokes. I should be able to. He's talking about me <laughs> because I was at Crackers in Indianapolis. Oh, I'm sorry. And, and, yeah. Broad me too. Ripple. Me too. That used uh, to be a good place. I know. Right? And then one of the staff comes back and goes, hey, Gallagher's here. And I go, huh? <laughs> <laughs> they go, no, Gallagher's here. Like, oh, okay. Does he want to do time or <laughs> did he bring his shit? What, like, do I have to go on after the sledgematic? Like, yeah. it, it, wait, it, are we gonna have a sledgematic followed by dwarf comedy night? Like, that just seems <laughs> is he gonna, pretty great. Is he gonna take the hammer to the dwarf? Yeah. What, right. the, 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 does he think he hits me and I explode into confetti? What What happens here? <laughs> and they go and they talk to him. And he goes, No, he's just here to see the show. Weird. And you're, I'm, I'm like, what? and I'm a pretty new comic. I, I've just, I've just been, he- just been headlining a few years at that point. Yeah. So I'm on stage, and he's like second row. Oh, so you can see him. You could. I'm seeing Gallagher. It's the worst. While on and, and stage, I bet you he wasn't laughing, right? Just looking at you. No. <laughs> he, but and then I talked to him afterward. He's like, "Yeah, my wife loves your the 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 the, the date that he was with. Okay, wife or something. Yeah, she was the fan. Oh, okay. So she brought him, and then Ugh. and then I started thinking to myself, oh God, like because imagine you're in that situation where your partner goes like, hey, we're gonna go see a comic, right? And, and you have to sit there in the audience and watch another comic and you, kill. And you know, like the last thing you would do is sit close, though, especially if you're a known guy. You're you don't Gallagher do, for God's sake! You don't want to do that to the guy. Yeah, you and, know it's gonna fuck him up. Yeah, I, I don't want, and like I can never do that because no. look at me, I kind of stand out in a crowd. Yeah, you don't just scan in your, in your way. Yeah, you don't just scan the audience and go, yeah, that's normal. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I, yeah, he was. Um, I don't know. I tried. I, I haven't really rethunk that episode. I don't mm-hmm. think I have any regrets about it. I was trying to make a point. Right. But uh, but yeah, it's the worst when there are other comics. But Broad Ripple, man. I see. I'm, I'm in this weird zone because of the quarantine where I'm like yeah. getting not nostalgic. But I'm thinking, like, how did I fucking get here? What have I been through? I'm going to go. I actually yeah. have all of my date books going back to the 80s up there in the attic in here. Yeah. And I just want to go through and see if I can remember the rooms oh. of all those one-nighters and weird shit that we did or that I had to do. Man, well, I could. you probably haven't been there for a while. I'm still doing them, so I, so I could tell you. <laughs> I, if, if but, like, so, Crackers was an yeah. okay room. All I remember about Crackers was the woman who ran its father drove you to radio. Yes, and I don't know if he. I, th- I think he's passed. I think so. But you know, he's a weird. He had this weird posture. He had mm-hmm. some sort of scoliosis or something. Yeah, and he was just a w- weird little old man. He he'd come pick you up at yep. six in the morning to do Bob and Tom. Yeah, yeah. And uh, isn't see, it just Tom now? Just uh, Tom and it, it, it's Chick. Tom. It, it, it's Tom, but they don't 
take Bob off the marquee. Uh, uh, really? They still say it's the Bob and Tom show. So that's the deal Bob made. So he gets, still gets a few <laughs> a few bucks on the back end. Something like that. I, I don't sh- know. Maybe they thought the listeners would change the channel if it was just the Tom show. But it's just weird. I have these moments where I have these memories where I would go out back and smoke with fucking Bob. Yeah. Like, you know, because like he's smoking those cigarettes all the fucking time. Yeah. So that goes back over 10 years since I smoked a cigarette, but just like going wow. out in that cold air in fucking Indiana and fucking smoking cigarettes with Bob. When the, and then I think I remember doing that show before they moved to the fancy studio. Oh, because I've only done it in, in, the, in the fancy, fancy studio. Yeah, the one yeah. that they built for them out right. in the middle of a cornfield. Yeah, that's uh, that's about five minutes away from uh, Tom's house. Like, no, oh, no shit. Yeah. Tom's compound with the nine kids, four ex-wives or whatever. <laughs> you know what? I, got, I don't know. You're still working. I'm sorry. I got, yeah, I'm still working. I can't, I gotta go back to these shows, Mark. I don't mind that guy. I, I've, I've, I've got the Netflix half hour, Mark. Yeah. Half hour. Yeah, I don't have I the hour yet. I can't burn all the bridges. <laughs> can't fuck with Tom. <laughs> I don't have any problem with him. He's, you know, yeah. he's a good radio guy and I appreciate radio guys. I briefly did radio. Me very, too. Very. I did very radio briefly. for a year and a half. I fucking loved it. Yeah. Were you the Were you the funny guy? The funny. Uh... <sighs> I tried to be. Now what? Now what? Can we say dwarf? Sure. Dwarf is okay. Yeah. Yeah. Dwarf. What's, what's the bad one? Uh, midget's the bad one. <laughs> That's the one where they protest you. And I and, tell you, man. I and I've been protested by midgets. That it was not fun. I, I, <laughs> it's a It's a lot of a. It's a weird anger. I would imagine that comes from a. <laughs> Bunch of little people. Little people's good, right? Yeah, that, that's the yeah little person or person of short stature is the ultra safe short P- stature. P- yeah, man, that, I still tell that story when we we were doing you and I were doing that live O and A. Oh, that was so good, dude. With that, that was so good that beat he had when you told the story that you might be telling me now. Yeah, because uh, they that you were an Uncle Tom thumb. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> That was the best fucking. That, that that's that's one of the best one liners I've ever heard. So quick, Uncle Tom Thumb. That was crazy. So good. It, it's also one of those things where, as a dwarf comic, when when you hear another dwarf joke that I haven't written yet, I'm like, damn it! How did I miss that one, Uncle Tom Thumb? But what was the what? How what was the protest about? Yeah. Oh, because uh, did, now you talk about shithole. Comedy clubs. I can talk about this one because it went out of business and I don't have to worry Which about- Which one? Uh, Joey's Comedy Club in Livonia, Michigan. Never did it. Okay. Uh, good good, good on you, sir. Yeah. Um, they. It gets passed around the local LPA, which stands for Little People of America. It, it gets passed around that I'm performing there and that I say the word midget during my act, which I do, uh, because personally, I, I don't see anything- wrong with like i've i've talked about it but like i don't mind the word i i I don't want a word to have power over me i don't want like if you call me a midget now it's like oh god that's that word now i have to fight you you know it's a weird thing like even with like the word jew for me Mm -hmm. like i'll I'll use it in kind of a negative way like i'm jew you know Mm -hmm. it it is a way to say it but i can only take it from even people i know really well i'm kind of sensitive to how they say jew so i imagine yeah Friends of yours can say, I imagine if Adam said midget, yeah. maybe you'd be all right. Yeah, fine. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I don't care. It's not loaded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, it, but- it, and to me, it's all about context because I've literally been uh, in in uh, Odessa, Texas. I was chased by some guys in a pickup truck <laughs> Come on. who were yelling out, like, kill the dwarf. Why? And when, yeah, that's the more PC term, but I think kill is the part that bothers me. <laughs> 
<laughs> what did you do to make them upset? Uh, I I kicked them out of the show. It was uh, they were just being they were just being they had this. Uh, two for one beer thing i don't know so you had them kicked out yeah and then they waited and then they ch- and then they, they two dudes me. waited to kill the dwarf yeah <laughs> which sounds like one of those old games that we can't play anymore because it's not pc like we used to be able to play smear the queer now we can't play smear the queer anymore because that's not pc we used to be able to play kill the dwarf so but like when, when the guy when when we walk out to go to our cars after the show and the guy yells kill the dwarf I, i'm not stopping like thank you for using the proper nomenclature yeah, yeah exactly. I, i'm not doing that so yeah. um uh livonia michigan they find out that I'm performing. They 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 know that I say the word midget. So they uh, a, a a group of them. I'll tell the real story, not the joke story. All right. The the group of them show up and they're outside of the comedy club and they have picket signs. Dwarves. Yeah, dwarves. I mean the the the, the, the little people. Yeah. The joke is like yeah, they weren't picket signs. They're three by five cards. <laughs> but like you know they're out they're out, they're out there and and they're and they're protesting the show. They're they're saying don't go see this show because which to people walking in must have been just the best. They thought they, yeah. <laughs> if you're walking sorry, in and you're seeing a dwarf comic and there's dwarves protesting, you're like, this is some meta shit. Like, <laughs> this is some how good... many were protesting? It's a... oh god. Uh, I'm sorry. It's just sad that that there's no way like dwarves doing anything isn't going to be a little funny. And that's my point. <laughs> It's funny. Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm sad that I that I've said something or that they think I say something that makes them upset. Sure, that I don't want to make anyone upset. I I want to make people laugh. That's my goal. But the fact that you're like ten to fifteen little people out there. That's it's funny. Okay, yeah. it's funny. It's so rough. then it, it, you know, and I and I know it's so it's it's a deep one because I think. We don't see that many little people. You just don't. No. And when you do, it's like, you know, it's like a unicorn. Oh, yeah. Even I freak out about it. (laughs) If I see another dwarf, first of all, now, especially if, like, I see another dwarf in a restaurant or something, then I feel insane pressure because now everyone's looking at two dwarves in the restaurant. They're like... Is this a blind date? And they and they are and they're looking for each other. Is it like depending on the sex yeah. and the age? They're like, uh, is this a father son? Are they lost? Are they brothers? Like, how is this possible that there's two in one room? Oh my god, we had three dwarves at my high school. Um, really? Yeah, me and then a brother sister, and uh, and that freaked people out. That freaked people out that there was three. Um, the brother was older, and then when the sister got there. Everyone went up to the brother like, hey, there's another dwarf. You should go try to. And he's like, my sister. Right. That's my sister. Can't. No. What? You asshole. But the weird thing is, it's like, I don't, I don't, I would never, like, I understand racism. Sure. I understand sexism. Mm-hmm. I understand uh, anti-Semitism. All the, I, under, I understand all the, uh, the bad isms. Yeah. But like, nobody hates a dwarf. <laughs> so like, like, I just, I mean, I can understand that. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be the name of my next special. Nobody hates a dwarf. <laughs> Come on! But you know, it's like it's more of a fascination. There's yeah. like a an endear. Like I think the diminishing quality is that like it's so cute. Yes, and or, or one being thi- referred to as it. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. Would be a problem. Look at it. Yeah. One of the things about what I've noticed and why it's sort of uh, not okay to make fun of dwarves, but no one really gets mad at you that much. Like it's one of the last. Right. Groups that it's kind of safe to make jokes about is that we're not a threat 
Like if you make like if, if, there, if there's a group of four people of a certain race in a, a crowd and you make the wrong joke, yeah, there is the fear of like, oh, they could they could hurt me. Four four dwarves in the audience. Yeah, Come what are on. you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Try it. Yeah, I I can't I can't I I, I don't fight. We're not. Yeah, but also I guess yeah. the idea that like people are touching you and picking you up and stuff. Does that happen? Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, Mark. Okay, so. <laughs> This is a yeah, this is a joke, but serious. Okay? okay. Yeah. So at the end of my shows, in the in the before time, uh, I would I do the meet and greets. I go out. I go outside. I I yeah. I hawk my T-shirts and my DVDs to try to make a couple extra bucks. And uh, I have to say at the end of my show, okay, I'm gonna be out there. I have a rule: you cannot pick me up. And you're laughing, and I, and I get it, but like there. Whenever I do it, there's always a oh, like that, like I, they, Come on. audibly, you can hear this noise uh, in the crowd. Just, oh, no, 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 oh I thought we could, I thought we could pick him up. Like it's like no, I'm a human being. I'm a 36 year old man. I'm a father. You know, you don't just get to like ah, like you don't just get to, and, and, and yeah, like um, I had a, I I I had a horrible back injury because I did I did a show one time. And uh, so this woman comes up to me and they want to take a photo afterward. And she goes, I want a really funny photo, a fun photo. And I'm looking at the girl and she's like, she, she's a buck 15 yeah. soaking wet, really tiny girl. Yeah. So I go, okay. And I kind of grab her and put her in a fi- in a fireman's carry yeah. where I'm, she's just over my shoulders and right. I'm holding her up. Great photo. Yeah. Her boyfriend, much larger, yeah. goes... Oh, I want to. I want that photo. Uh, jumps on me. Come on. Just jumps on my back. I was out, Mark, for like a year and a half, just doing physical therapy and like really, yeah. Like I would go on the road and I would just do stretches in the hotel room and like. Was it something that happened because of the way you're built? I have no idea. Backs are so fucked up. Yeah. It, so when did you know that you were- <laughs> when I was a dwarf? <laughs> Pretty early. <laughs> I didn't, you know, that's the, okay. I, I, I have to tell this, yeah. I have to tell this COVID joke yeah. and cause it, because it's a real story. Okay. I, I, I was at, I was at a grocery store yeah. and a kid in a grocery store looked at me and just yelled out, look what it did to him. <laughs> a kid. A kid. He just put that together. Yeah. He so decided. He thought that I was walking around. Pre-COVID, like six foot two, loving life. That's hilarious. Someone coughed on me, and then like that, like that, God, like that happened. God bless the children. Oh, they are so honest. But was it one of those things where you weren't growing and you didn't know? And there must have been a window there where you were like, you know, did you have to be told by your folks? Yeah. So uh, my parents, not dwarves, just throwing that out there. Like we don't How have does to- that happen. Then I know. <laughs> <laughs> you're, t- you're asking me. I don't, I don't know. I'm it's not a- genetic, isn't it? Yes. Uh, it it's a recessive gene from uh from what i know and uh so yeah my but my parents are not dwarves you know yeah. we, don't, we we don't all have to come from the same tribe right and uh so when i was born um my dad very early very early he knew that i would be made fun of he knew yeah. the world is a very cruel place right so his philosophy was i'm going to make fun of my son first but in a supportive way yeah like he would crack on me when I was like three four years old and then he would say okay now hit me back with something like he taught me how to bust balls right 
So then, by the time I got to school and kids made fun of me, I had comebacks like oh good written so ready. They, so you you were forced to be reckoned with. Yeah, you got the respect. Yeah. So that and I think my dad had a really good positive way of looking at it of he didn't try to ignore it and pretend it didn't exist i was always raised with yes you are a little person you are different life is not going to be the same for you right but yeah you can still lead a very good life my dad was the one who who told me that when i meet someone start with a dwarf joke like try to slip in a dwarf joke really fast that way they're comfortable like lighten the lighten the tension yeah break the the tension yeah because then because then the person's just staring at me like do i say anything why does he know (laughs) i i tell you the 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 little people i've met and there's not a ton of them all Mm -hmm. seem pretty well adjusted I don't know why, yeah. but I, I guess, <laughs> but they are. I mean, I guess there's an acceptance that that uh, that you have to live with, yeah. You know, from very early on, that most people don't have to kind of reckon with. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is kind of like I hinted at it before that I never was anything else. I don't right, know what right, the right, average right, size right. There's life no fix in is. It. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I mean, now there might be. Really? Yeah, there's a, uh, there's a new experimental treatment that you can give to children um, between the ages of three and ten. Really? Yeah. That are already have the dwarfism? Yeah, that huh. they, they have dwarfism. It's an injection, and uh, it doesn't cure, like, it, it, it but... I, I'm not sure the full effects of this, so I, yeah. I don't want to say it wrong, but it some of the health problems associated with dwarfism, it lessens that. It's still in phase three of testing, mm. but uh, it's interesting. Yeah. What are health problems? Uh, back problems. Right. Um, we have some neck problems, mm. uh, respiratory problems. Really? Um, COVID's scary. Yeah, right? Mm. Uh, hearing problems sometimes. But yeah, uh, there's more than just your small. And and that's just my type of dwarfism. There's over 100 different types of dwarfism. 100 different types? Yeah, well, it's a genetic Is there mutation. condescension with, within the community <laughs> of, yeah. of what type of dwarf you of are? Of course. Of course there is. <laughs> oh, no. That, that's why when they talk about how like we need to end people judging people by being by being different, it's like, yeah, yeah that'd be nice. Yeah. But like within... like. You know, like, uh, there's sects of the same uh, religion that right. fight with each other right. because right. they believe slightly different things. Sure. Yes, some dwarves don't like other dwarves or they make fun of other dwarves because they're other the only- types of dwarves? Yeah, because they're the only ones that we can make fun of, you know? Mm-hmm. Have you, now, uh, this is a dumb thing, but are there, there's some, is there some place that you all congregate? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on what country. Uh there's rumors. Every town I, every city I go to, someone always tells me. I guess it's a sort of, is there a support situation? Yes. yes. Right. There is LPA, uh, the same group that got together to protest me, is actually a really good group. I don't besmirch them at all. They, they, they're they doing amazing things. Um, LPA, Little People of America. Yeah. Um, they have a national convention every summer. Uh, I, I I used to go to them when I was a kid. You did, yeah. O- over a thousand dwarves in one hotel. Wow. Yeah, which I I always make the joke of like that's got to be really weird for the person that's just staying there on the business trip. <laughs> they they just walk in. It's like okay, <laughs> what, what what happened? Here? Man, I drank too much. <laughs> Woke up in the Wizard of Oz. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah oh God, there's got. I, I think there's an old Geraldo joke that's that's something like that. Pro- probably because he was fucking brilliant. But Greggy. Uh, yeah, but uh. Yeah, so there's that support system, and yeah. uh, they do a lot of things like they get doctors together that um, have that 
specialize in dwarfism. They do a lot of social stuff. Uh, they do sporting events, which once again is so great that they do. Very funny. I, yeah, I mean, really funny. Yeah, and, and there's there can't be anything wrong with the laughter that comes from that. Come on. I've been to dwarf track meets, Mark. Yeah, they're I mean, hilarious. But it's—I think it's just the—the—it's the, just the heartbreaking earnestness of it. Yeah, that—that that, you know—that's what makes the laughter a little dubious. <laughs> is that what you're laughing at? Is—is—is is, is these people trying? Yeah, and and that—that's sort of a little cold, but it, sure. it's human. It's like it's, it's I think human. it's sympathetic. Come on, it, it, it's like. No one, at least no person of sane nature is saying that these people are less than or they deserve less or anything like that. It's just like, okay, but there's funny things to be had. Like, yes, there are basketball games, but none of us know how to rebound because we've never had to rebound before. We've never gotten a rebound. So the the, the, the ball misses and we just all stand there with our arms out like a basket just going like, all right, I just wait. And the ball comes down, right? Like we're we're not skying over anybody else yeah, and yeah. grabbing the ball that's at, at its highest point. What's that other guy's name? The guy who hangs around the comedy store. Oh, uh, Nick Novicki. Yeah, how's he doing? He's great. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's funny because I met Nick years ago. You guys got the same dwarfism? Uh, I think I, he's a little different. Because I have achondroplasia. That's the most common type. If you've seen a dwarf on television, uh, like it's the same kind of. Uh, type that Peter Dinklage has he, for sure, right? Yeah, Peter he has Dinklage, a con- yeah, and uh, he, he's got a chondroplasia, but not the kind the guy from uh, the Mini Me. Yeah, Vern. Uh, yeah. yeah, Vern Troyer. He's uh, dead, right? Yeah, he. Yeah, he's passed. Uh, but yeah, he had a different type of dwarfism. I'm, I'm not quite sure what it is. So when you're going to high school and you're doing things, I mean, mm-hmm. what what are you moving towards? What's your interests? Oh, like, how does that work? Were uh, you a nerd or were you like? I was a drama nerd. I was I was big into theater. Were you? And uh, comedy sports, which is the improv, improv comedy. Stuff yeah. In high school? Yeah. Loved it. And, really? And uh, and wrestling. I huh. was I was really into wrestling. Uh, was on the wrestling team. Um, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing, Mark. Yeah. I've gotten a few really good reactions on stage, a few good laughs. Right. Nothing, nothing will ever compare to the look on a father's face when his son just got pinned by a dwarf. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing beats that. Just the just the disappointment. Just the oh god. <laughs> just kid, the- <laughs> you've given that kid something he's got to live with. Yeah. For the rest of his life. Yeah. You got pinned by a dwarf. <laughs> How's that car ride on the way home? Oh, hey, Dad, you proud of me? How, <laughs> how's that life? How's that knowing that? The dad, that's something that Dad probably like yells out. I like see that, that the, though, the like, kid's whole life. I mean, you've got to be, because they can't, you know, maneuver on the same level as you. Yeah, L- low center of gravity. Uh, yeah, there a lot. Uh, there's a lot of dwarves that actually go into wrestling for that reason, and I'm talking about amateur wrestling not wwe a, right. uh, aew type stuff but yeah uh some dwarfs do that too uh but yeah so i did wrestling in high school but mostly theater and loved it Just, yeah it was great i had a great teacher that uh, it, uh her name is mary krell oishi and the freshman year i tried to audition for the school play and i and i auditioned for the kid because i thought ah, dwarf kid right i'll try yeah and she pulled me aside and went what the fuck are you doing like why? Like why are you going for the kid? Huh? And I was like, well, because I'm small, so yeah. kid, that makes sense. Yeah. She goes, kid sized. No. Yeah. She goes, no, go for the lead. 
She's like, you're, I'm going to cast based on talent, not based on, you know, size and physical appearance. Right. And uh, I, I didn't get the lead, but I didn't get the kid. So I was, I was stoked about it. No, and it's a nice boost to uh, normalizing your fucking personhood. Yeah. And sometimes you need that, like, it, it was great to have a person look at me and then say, no, 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 I'm not going to. I'm not going to judge you like that. Well, I think that's the whole, that's the essence of why it's problematic, the laughter at uh, little mm-hmm. people trying to do things and everything else is that, you know, you're grownups yeah. and, you know, you're, you're, you're people that, you know, have lives and work. It, it, it's like people, it's very, it's literally an objectification thing. Yeah. It's just not, it's not necessarily sexual. It's just sort of, look at the toy person. Oh, it can be sexual, yeah, Mark. Really? Oh, so, there's, there's certain people that are banned from going to the LPA conventions because they uh, have fetishes. Really? Yeah. Like little people? No, no, no. Like tall people that they that come, come. Yeah. That, that well, they come to try to come. Oh my god. Yeah, they they come to try to pick up on the little people, and it's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> which I like. L- listen, uh, I've in my si- in my single days, mm. sure, I uh, had some fun with uh, women that had a curiosity. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and and to me, people would be like, "No, oh, they're objectifying you." And be like, "I had an orgasm. How is yeah. that objectifying me?" I, no, that, I mean, I think that's different. How do yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, fetish is fetish, sure, but it's like some people like Jews, some people like black dudes. Yeah, some people like people with one hand. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's not. I mean, if if you on if you go on Pornhub, there's some people that like some really weird shit. Yeah, I try to stay out of there. <laughs> there's a few things I don't need to know. But uh, so when you get out of High school? Did you, did you mm-hmm. go to college? Did you have yeah. a, a trajectory you were going for? I went. Uh, I went to USC down here. Yeah. Where'd you grow up? Uh, Orange County. Oh, so it's not far. No, no, no not far at all. Uh, and I was going. So on a lunatics up there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot. A certain type. A certain type. Rich lunatics. Mm-hmm. Huh. <laughs> I'm related to some of them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and good and good friends with others. I I remember my mom would tell me stories. That like when they brought me home from the hospital, she had some friends that would go up to her and be like, "Don't worry, he'll probably grow out of it. Yeah, he'll stretch out." Yeah, <laughs> and, she, and she kept going, "Ah, dwarfism. I don't think you understand." Do you have siblings? Yes, uh, I have a sister. She's tall. Uh-huh. Uh, she's an accountant. She's uh-huh. really good. Yeah, and uh, she's got a husband, and they got two kids. Like, eh, we're like we're the Beaver Cleaver family. Like, sure. eh, mom, dad. Their mom and dad are still together. Sister, brother. I'm the I'm I'm the weird thing. <laughs> but you're not really weird. You're just different size and shape. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And yeah. So uh, yeah, grew up in Orange County. Uh, worked at Disneyland. Did- no. No. Is it? What? No. Ha ha. No. <laughs> yeah. I was not one of the seven. Mark. All right. No. Okay. I was not in the suit. <laughs> yeah. do, do they have? Do, is that a dwarf job? Uh, play the dwarfs? Not usually because they're kind of no. big, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're they're larger, but there were some little people that played. Uh, I mean, if I'm allowed to say this, it breaks the magic. Uh, but there were some little people that played Mickey and Minnie. Oh, really? Uh, they're usually smaller. Are um, they? Are there little people jobs? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't really. I mean, done you're them. a comic, you know. I know. But yeah. Like I imagine. There, I was wondering if there are jobs that require. I know that in World War II, uh, to save space and resources, dwarves were recruited in the Air Force to be gunners. They oh, really? Were, there would be a bubble uh, below the plane. Right. And then the dwarf was put in the bubble. The worst place. Yeah. 
because <laughs> we fit and it saved money on materials or whatever. No so, yeah, I I know that that would be a dwarf job. Yeah, uh, not a great job. So all right, so you were working at Disneyland in what capacity? Uh, I was a bodyguard for the characters. Really? Yeah. So I I walk around with the characters and you know I form lines and stuff and every now and then a five year old steps out of line I gotta be like what's up bitch yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> throw a little forearm what are shiver. you thinking yeah yeah yeah, yeah totally. Uh, doing that and then go off to USC. I was trying to be a sports broadcaster. Really? That was my. I wanted to do that. Are you a sports freak? Yeah, love it. What's your What's the one uh, of the ones? Any of them? Are you one of those people that just watches any sport and you're like in? Uh, not to say I was watching uh Korean soccer when all of our sports were shut down, but I may have been watching Korean soccer when all of our sports were you just like shut it. down. I just like sports. Yeah. I I don't know. It's just God, the, you could have been a sports. You still can. I mean, you, you never know. Yeah, uh, I could certainly do it. I'm, 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 I'm friends with some people that do it, so they, so they might be able to hook me up. But yeah, uh, go, going to USC to do that, and then at uh, 19, uh, stumbled into a comedy club, and life changed. Yeah, what happened? <laughs> uh, I took my dad to the Brea Improv, and right. uh, the comedian on stage was making dwarf jokes without knowing that I was there. Who's that? Uh, Mencia. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You, I forget. You 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 got you're kind of like a you and Bobby Lee or Mencia. Yeah. Uh, prodigies. Yes. Uh, we 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 came from that coaching tree. Right. Um. So yeah, he he was on stage and half the audience is laughing and the audience that's sitting by me is like not laughing at all. Right. And Mencia like looks over and goes, "Why aren't you guys laughing?" He goes, "What is one of them here?" <laughs> one of them. And I just raised my hand in the air like, "Yeah." <laughs> Yeah, and he called me up on stage. He's like, "I want to talk to you." So he he calls me up on stage. You caught him. That's such a fucking that that is so funny because that, that's the only thing that an asshole can do diplomatically <laughs> to, to make him not look like a dick. It's like he got caught red-handed <laughs> being a butt, you know, being a dick, and now he's got to erase it by being magnanimous. To be fair, I I really enjoyed the jokes. No, no, I uh, yeah. yeah, right. But I but I'm saying that like you you know when you know that moment where you're like, oh, oh yeah, fuck, and you got to be like. So what's going on, man? Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so he brought me up on stage and yeah. he started and he started asking me questions and I answered the questions earnestly. I yeah. answered them honestly and my answers got laughs. Right, like he said, like where do you work? And I go, I work at Disneyland. And the audience <laughs> laughed. And I went, you know, I had turned to them and had a right. had a retort of some kind. Yeah, and uh, and just that was that was the shot that were were out where I was like, oh man, this is this feels really good. Yeah, like. Because it's a whole different type of thing when you're the you're the person that everyone likes to laugh at, and now you're making the jokes and making them laugh, so you're controlling the message. Right. It's. I think Harry Shearer said it to me that it's you control the reason why people are laughing at you. Right. Yeah. And it's pretty great. Yeah. And uh, so. I I told Mencia that night. I go, I'm 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 going to be a comedian. This is awesome. Yeah. And he goes, Okay. Yeah. Good right. luck. Yeah. So I started doing it. My what, fir- open mics. Yeah. Where at first first oh, first open mic night was at the Laugh Factory. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And a few open mics in two open mic stories. I remember the first time I got there. How long ago was this? This was 17 years ago. You've been doing it that long. Yeah. I know. I look. Fantastic! You're an old timer, man. <laughs> it's weird when you cross that point and you pause and go, "Oh, I'm not the kid anymore." Yeah. Now I'm the guy the that's veteran. Been, yeah, I'm the guy that's been doing it. Uh, I remember going to the Laugh Factory, and it's my first time. 
and some guys there going like, "Hey, is it your? Uh, how many times you been doing? How many times you?" And then he goes to me, and I, I go, it's, "I go, it's my first time." He goes, "Well, don't worry, I've been doing this open mic for twelve years. <laughs> do what I do, you'll be fine." I'll go, "I don't want to do what you do. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Be- I don't want to be here in twelve years. <laughs> I'll do what I'll do the opposite of what is you that do." Dude, still there? Probably. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I remember like my third or fourth open mic at the Laugh Factory, Jamie called me up to his office, Jamie who owns the Laugh Factory. Jamie Masada, yeah. Jamie Masada, and he goes, buddy, here's what we do, buddy. We have little people comedy night, buddy. Uh, all little yeah. people comic. Yeah. All little people in audience, buddy. All- <laughs> really? Now, how many are there of you guys? I only know not, that. Not enough to fill an audience. And also, but I, I know that woman, the... Uh, Who's that woman? She has a different type of dwarfism. Oh, Tanya Lee Davis? Yeah. Yeah, uh, she's awesome. Yeah. I love her. She, every time I think I'm the first dwarf to do something in comedy, yeah, Tan, did it. Tanya Lee did it first. I right. thought I was the first guy, the first dwarf to have his name on the comedy store. Nope. Tanya Lee Davis. Yeah. Right there. It's actually on there twice. Oh, really? I don't know if that's like, I don't know why, but she's on there twice. It's crazy. Uh, so she's awesome. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I started doing open mics fast forward to about a year and a half in i go back to see an, another mencia show he sees me before the show and goes oh you're that guy yeah and uh, did you ever start doing stand-up i go yeah i've been doing it for about a year and a half and he goes why don't you open my show tonight and i'm like oh shit okay i've just been doing coffee shops and we're doing like a guest spot or yeah like, okay guest spot 10 minutes <laughs> three oh, yeah <laughs> three to five right so I uh, I go on stage. I do my guest spot. I come off stage. Mencia goes on stage. Yeah, and says uh, he he wasn't even supposed to go on it at that point. And he just ran up on stage. and goes, "Hey, yeah, did you guys like Brad?" And the audience really cheered. And yeah, and uh, he goes, "Cool, you've made a very important decision for me. Um, I, I've been looking for like a new opener. My current opener is ready to start." headlining and right. going off and doing Who his own thing. Who was that? Uh, uh, Steve Trevino. Oh, yeah. So it's like, he's ready. He's good. He looks at me and just goes, Brad, you want to be my new opener? Like, from the stage. Yeah. I'm like, uh, yes. And the next weekend, he's doing the Fox Theater in Bakersfield, and it's 1,400 people, and I, I've i gone from coffee shops to doing that. Really? Yeah. And you toured with Carlos. Yeah, for like four years. Man, that's a... So you kind of skipped a big step. Huge. No, I, I'm I'm fully aware of that. That does not happen in comedy. Huh? I'm fully aware of that. In retrospect, is it was it mm-hmm. beneficial, or do you think you would have liked to have come up through the ranks in the clubs and built a following that way? Uh, I see the pros and cons in both. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, uh, it was great to have real audiences and um, being able to because a lot of times when you start off, it's just other co- uh, uh, other comics. Yeah. That are in the audience, so it's tough to really gauge. Uh, if your joke is really good or not, because are they laughing or are they laughing because you're bombing? Are they, you know, or, or do, right. they, do they think if they laugh, you're going to get the spot and they're not? Mm. Um, but so in that way, it was very beneficial. But I immediately went on the road, got good. So I didn't really develop those friendships and that camaraderie around the around the L.A. scene. Right. Uh, and then when his shit hit the fan, you got lumped in. Some of it. Yeah. Some of it. Yeah. Was he active in mentoring you? Yeah. Like how? Like I would do a set and then we would talk about 
the set and why 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 it was good, why it was bad, where I could have yeah. where I could have done wrong, and it was almost impossible better. for him to steal your. <laughs> it'd be really hard it'd be really difficult to be to to, to, to go on stage you're like the only opener he wasn't yeah. really able yeah it's like it'd be really hard to go on after the dwarf and be like it's tough being a midget like it'd be really it'd be kind of a but yeah it, it's, a, it's a it's the big midget tour one thing that one thing that that taught me hmm. that whole experience taught me is with that, him or uh, him stealing uh let, let's just say opening for him yeah. and being associated with him right. is that uh shades of gray. Mm. Uh I think a lot I think a lot of people look at certain people or events and things and they want one clear answer. This person is good, this person is bad, right. you know. Yeah, that's the problem. And it there shades of gray cuz black that, and white thinking yeah, the problem. Cuz yeah. cuz that guy took me on the road. He would uh, pay for my travel. He'd pay for my food. When we went shopping, he'd say, throw whatever you want on my pile. Yeah. I, I, I gotcha. That guy was insanely generous to me. Straight up with you. Yeah. No, I mean, also industrious. Knows that, you know, was working all kinds of angles, had a lot of ideas. You know, mm-hmm. I, I get it. Put but, me on his TV show. Right. What were some of the things you learned from him? Because I can see him and Bobby. Mm-hmm. But I mean, because Bobby does his delivery. Mm. You know, that kind of weird momentum that you get, you know, <laughs> and it works, you know, it's not, it's, you know, it's, yeah. not, it's not stealing. It's just, I can see where Bobby learned these performative tricks. Yeah. One thing that I, one thing that I specifically remember learning from him is how to play a, a really large room. Oh, they slow it down? Yeah. And how you can, how you have to mime everything bigger if mm. you're playing like a large theater right or like a or like a sold out room or if you're pretending to be mexican you have to <laughs> you <gotta make> it. <laughs> i did learn that uh i know a lot about mexican food i can do that really well uh but yeah so yeah it, it's shade it's shades of gray I, I i think a lot of people like i said want want a person to be all good all bad all all whatever and i would say think about the people in your lives like you can say yeah, the i get that you know it's friends. it's really hard as somebody in the community and i didn't know like i had to do two interviews with him because i didn't know sure. exactly what you know what had gone down but but like just like to be so shunned by yeah. your community yeah you know for that something that specific i mean there's been plenty of fucking joke stealing freaks in this world mm-hmm. you, you know and there's been all kinds of weirdos that get absorbed by comedy because we're weirdos but yeah but man to be spit out like that with that much uh aggression and then have to try to figure out how to rebuild it for yourself yeah yeah i, I mean, mean i you know i understand he fucked up but i also felt bad yeah and it's a weird thing because now like i'm friends with like i'm friends with joe like right like i'm friends, with rogan yeah yeah i'm friends with rogan i'm friends with that crew i'm still friends with mencia yeah so it's like uh it's a weird place to be in where it's like i understand both sides and i've seen and i've seen both sides so it's uh it's very strange to i think like looking back on it like more of it so i think a lot more of it was about those two guys than about anything else that that would make a lot of sense that would make a lot of sense Uh, you know it's like I, i mean i get it but like there's fucking been joke thieves and freaks. Yeah, I mean, I get all of that. Yeah. But it just seems like so much of it was fueled by this fucking cockfight that, you, you know, and territorialism. Mm-hmm. I'm laughing because when you say there's so many joke thieves, I, I, I'm, I'm remembering a story. Uh, 
where a dwarf comic came up to me to uh, before one of my shows. Yeah. And said like, "Hey, I'm a." It, it, it was at Pepper Bear. Uh, Pepper You're gonna be Bellies, doing the midget bit because I kind of do the. <laughs> Pepper Bellies in Fairfield, California. Guy goes up and does pretty much a lot of my first album. Really. And, and then comes off stage, and I'm like, and I'm just kind of staring at him. And there's dwarf jokes, and then there's like, no, no, that was the dwarf joke that I wrote. Like right. that. Like, right. Right. It's not just the perspective. I, uh, I've had. Uh, little people comics open for me before and we're fine right like, like we could talk there's a great comic uh, dwarf comic in Houston Texas named Clinton this is his real last name I promise you Clinton Shorter perfect God's funny yeah uh, but yeah so like he's open for me twice and we don't have to worry about it but yeah there was one comic that opened for me that did my act and what'd and you do I just, kind of, I just kind of looked at him and said oh you said you were a big fan he goes yeah yeah it's pretty obvious right and, and he didn't get it he, he, can- he didn't understand that he literally just did my act. Did he know he did it? I don't think he did. Huh. It's weird. It's well, I mean, it's got to be like, you know, on some level, sadly, mm-hmm. in, in this particular situation, mm-hmm. it probably got to be pretty empowering for that guy. Like in the sense that like, you know, I don't know if he's, no, in a, we- in a weird way, mm-hmm. like I don't know if he's going to make a big success with your act, but I mean, to be <laughs> able to, to do, to have the feelings that, that you had. Yeah. Around your issues, yeah, to to actually have control over why people laugh at you as a little person, sure, must have been pretty addicting. No, and I get it, and because I I had the same I had the same run, uh, but then for every story like that, what you do to him though? Told oh, you, just I, tell him. I just to told him it? like, yeah, dude, that's my set, so change it up. I understand we're gonna have similar perspectives, but find some different punchlines, and I can't have you opening for me if you're doing your the, the first album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, but then there's but then there's, there's another story. Uh, this last Montreal Comedy Festival that I went to, yeah, uh, there's a, there's a dwarf comic up there who came up to me and told me that he had started doing stand up when he heard my albums, and then this is the first time he had gotten into the Montreal Comedy Festival. So he was walking up to thank me, and I was like, oh wow, that's cool, like, yeah, man, and that's a trip that like that it could be an inspiration. Yeah, it, it, it's a weird thing because we're just doing this to have fun and uh, and make people laugh, maybe make people think and uh, that. But then when you see, when you have side effects like that, it it really kind of takes oh, yeah. you back for a second. Yeah, it's, it's great. You don't realize you have that impact because we're selfish animals. <laughs> and uh, when when it turns out we did something nice just by coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's like when people ask us to do charity shows, and we do, and people go, "Oh man, thank you so much for doing this for the charity." And you're like, "I still got up here and told my jokes, and yeah, yeah. I, I, I got my rush from it." Like, <laughs> yeah, well, this isn't you, right, right. I, I wanted stage time. But, yeah, uh, what was the charity? Yeah, how many times did you see <laughs> comics go up for these shows? These benefits at the comedy store. What's this for again? <laughs> I'm glad to be doing a good thing, but I got to work yeah, out I, my ten minutes. Yeah, that and I, that I have to know if I have a joke about the thing that I'm right that right, we're that yeah. we're raising money for. <laughs> so you got how many kids? One, uh, a brand new spanking baby, ten, really ten month old. Yeah, it, it it had a baby during quarantine. <laughs> well, not we had Just her before. Uh, her and I actually have the same birthday, uh, January thirteenth. You and the baby? Yeah. Huh. She was born on my birthday. How great! How that's great. Great is that. And now, when you're, 
and your your wife physically is nor- is yeah. normal. Yeah, she, yeah, she's taller. She's uh five foot seven. And now genetically, was are there concerns? Were there concerns, or is that not a possibility, really? Oh no, it's it's a it's a possibility. Um, there's a really fifty fifty chance. Really, once yeah. once it's no longer a recessive gene. Mm-hmm. Well, once. I'm sure people will tweet at me the exact oh, odds right. the if they're like geneticists yeah. and Grendel squares and something like yeah, that. Yeah. But yeah, uh, we were told uh, 50-50 chance. Uh-huh. And uh, yes, she is a little person. She is? Yeah. She is. I love it. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, my my wife is Chinese. I'm a dwarf. We have an Asian dwarf baby. And if you want to know what that is, it's the cutest fucking thing in the world. <laughs> it's awesome. Huh. Yeah. And-, and it, you know what? When we found out, because they can actually do tests and find out before she's born. Yeah. Uh, they do ultrasounds and they can measure the limbs and go like, oh yeah, you're in the whatever percentile and then the head's very large. Right. So uh, they go like, yep, head, head's big, small arms, small legs. She's a little person. And I actually had a really hard time with that at first. Why? Be- because I knew it came from me. Uh-huh. Where if she doesn't like being a dwarf, if she has problems being a dwarf, I can't be like, well, I don't know how it happened. Ma- yeah, maybe you got it from your mom. I don't know what she was doing before me. Like, like I, 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 I can't say that. Yeah. So, but then uh, a friend of mine uh, named uh, Jensen Carp told me, like, no, 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 this is the absolute best situation. Who better to raise this child? Right. Than you. Yeah. Because you've been through it. You know the things. Mm. So, yeah. Th- th- this kid has the best dad in the world for, for what the, for the life that she's going to live. Well, well, it's inter- Well, that's a curious thing. Is that like, do you see it as a handicap? I mean, how do, how is it classified? Is it different for everybody? I mean, it is a handicap. Uh, cl- it's classified, but as, as it that. is. It so, is. but it, it's weird because I've had a pretty good run in terms right. of my health. Um, I haven't had a lot of complications or i had one surgery when i was in high school but that was it uh-huh uh just on my ankle and um but i've had a great run i've had friends that have had uh uh multiple surgeries um i have one friend who, just because of the way the body is yeah it's the yeah. way the body structure i i have one friend uh him and his wife are both dwarves and here's the thing if both parents pass on the dwarf gene. Yeah. Then the kid is something called a double dwarf dominant, which sounds awesome, but is not. Right. Uh, The kid will usually not live. Mm. And they usually have to take bad stuff. And uh, yeah, a friend of mine, that's happened to him twice. Uh, Him and his wife. And it's awful. It's awful. So the fact, like, so yes, it is a disability and there's some... Uh, dwarves that have different types of dwarfism than me that have a much harder go of it. Right. And yeah. uh, and my heart goes out to them and to see what they do and how they deal with it. Like, it, it's weird that I could look at my situation and be like, wow, yeah, I've had some things not go the way I exactly wanted them to, but at the same time, I'm pretty lucky. Um, But yeah, my daughter has achondroplasia, same type of dwarfism as uh-huh. me. And uh, so far, so good. She's been great. We've seen... Geneticists, we've seen orthopedists, we've seen everyone kind of looking at her, and uh, so far so good. Fingers crossed, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's great. She the beginning of the journey. Uh, she talked. She said her first word. She did. How old is she? Ten months. Yeah, is that is that normal? That seems. I have no idea. Uh, what was the word? <laughs> Data. 
Oh, that's nice. Said it while staring at me. That's good. That's and, good. And then she she's trying to say she's trying she's she's trying to say mom, but she can't. She's having trouble with the M, so she calls my wife Bob. Uh huh. Like Bob. Bob. Like she's trying to say, but her M sound like B. So right, right. so we go into the, her room in the morning. And she's like, Dada, Bob. <laughs> it's just kind of like, all right. <laughs> yeah. So so I so I'm so I'm raising our uh, our our daughter with my with my partner Bob. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's funny because she's trying to say mom. She's close. Yeah. She's she's getting there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's a trip, man. Um, uh, she was born before everything shut down but then everything shut down and it's tough because we don't have we don't have people coming over you know like we don't have grandparents uh, grandparents like we have your folks still alive yeah uh they're yeah they're and they've seen her and they've held her like you know um outside wearing masks and stuff like that but that's good yeah mom can't come over and like do the things that she and help Help out yeah so yeah it's been rough but i mean I know what people say when they say it's, it's like the greatest thing in the world. It absolutely is. It's yeah. also the hardest thing. That's what it seems to me. Yeah. And and what um, what have you been doing? I used to, you and Adam still going at it or what? Oh, do, doing the podcast. Uh, and you're talking about Adam Ray. We uh, we're, we're not doing the podcast anymore. He is. Um, we we didn't have a Van Halen moment. We didn't split up. I'm yeah. not hating him. Uh, it it was just. Um, I knew that uh, with with the kid coming that right. I would need more time to be a dad and the kid's schedule doesn't like the kid doesn't care that you've got to interview Susan Sarandon right like, the, right. Ki- the kid need, needs things sure needs a thing yeah so yeah uh, I stepped I stepped away from the podcast um, he still does it and uh, it's cool we're we're fine i i tell this story to people people are like oh so you and adam like hate each other now it's like no we're yeah. friends we're, yeah. that's why we started the podcast we're friends right, right so yeah all good and what what do you got going on did you, you did a special drop or something uh i've done um oh i did a v- virtual show like a big thing where everyone bought tickets and like did that work out yeah, it was more fun than I thought it was going to be. No kidding. So yeah. you did it from your house? Yeah, from my house. Got a couple lights, got a camera there, and just stood. And um, they they let uh, it's a company called Rush Ticks. They got some great shows coming up. Go. Um, and uh, they they let like twenty people in as VIPs that you could actually hear them laughing. Uh-huh. So you have something to go off of. Right. Uh, but then we had, yeah, we had over six hundred people watching the Who's show. Who's on the show? Me. Just you, <laughs> just me. <laughs> so you made a few bucks then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did did okay. It it, it was wow, nice. Oh, that's wild. It was nice. I mean, hey man, uh, people are getting creative in these times, you know. Yeah, I, I'm I'm wary to do. I, I'm glad I do the podcast. I I don't really want to do outdoor shows. I, I just don't feel like it. I totally understand. You I know? mean, and the virtual shows. I don't know. You know, it's just the weirdest thing to me is doing like you know. And I'm not bragging, but yeah, mm-hmm. I get. I had to do the Tonight Show from my backyard. <laughs> Which is like, you know, who the fuck ever thought that would happen? Yeah. Yeah. And I talked to Obama in my garage in 2016. Now I'm talking to Fallon <laughs> in my backyard and it's his show. Look, I was ahead of the curve on the fucking lot of uh, stu- lo-fi business. Here. A lot of stuff has been happening in this house. Uh, yeah. It, it's, you know, people are adjusting. I, uh, I did some drive-in shows. How were they? It's interesting. How what, do you pace yourself? Uh, what you do is... The are they sitting on their cars or in their cars? Both. Yeah. The front row. I did one at the Irvine Improv, and then they did it at the top of their parking structure. Uh-huh. 
and they have the front row be uh, pickup trucks, mm-hmm. and the trucks turn around, and people are like tailgating. Mm. So you can actually see them and hear them laughing. Uh, so you can kind of time it out. It's not perfect. It's not a, you know, it's not a sold out show on a Saturday night, but it's something. Yeah. And for people like myself that uh, don't, you know, um, have another source of income. Right. Besides this, is your wife working? Uh, no, because she had to. You know, she stopped to take care of the kid. Right. And then Just... I was going to work, but then everything shut down. So right. I I had to pivot and. Do virtual shows and uh, drive-in shows. Hell, I'm on Cameo. <laughs> yeah, that, does that make you any money? Yeah, it did. It did pretty well. Huh. People, people want dwarves to give them uh, good news, okay. you know, or wish them happy birthday. <laughs> it's <laughs> is there a category, a dwarf uh, category? Uh, you, I don't know. Just a popular dwarf. I, I yeah, it's like me and Danny Woodburn. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think we're the only dwarves on there. I'm probably wrong. There's probably a lot more little people on there, but yeah, you 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 just kind of adjust. And uh, I I don't know. I've I've said this, but I'm sure other other people have made this comparison. But the virtual shows and driving shows, it's like the methadone. It's not. No, I get it. It's not yeah. the heroin, but yeah, I just like for some reason I'm just happy that like I'm not in a position where I have to do them. But you know, I imagine if you have to, you just adjust. Yeah, you just, you figure just it, it out. just none of it sounds fun to me. I took a part into something, and it doesn't sound fun to me. <laughs> you know, well, you want it because part of this is you kind of want it to be fun. Yeah, to be fair, Mark, you you weren't the guy that was having a ton of fun before this. I, <laughs> I'm not known as the fun guy. Yeah, so now it's just like worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my fun was no fun. Now it's just no fun, fun. Yeah, it, yeah. But I, know. I yeah. mean, you you know, you do what you can. And I've been out there and did a couple of shows in places where they were at like one third capacity, so they were like in a comedy club. So they're spread out. Yeah, I did a uh, hilarities in Cleveland and the Comedy Works in Denver, and like, that's a, such a tiny room. How did that? That must have been odd. So it's not four hundred people; it's one hundred twenty people, or spread out uh, through the room. Yeah. Wild, and it was okay. Yeah. Oh, well, it it's better than the virtual show because it's. Well, no, I mean, I could, I, I've done the shows for nine people indoors in my life. I mean, I know. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's some nights in the original room where it's, I get it. Right, and that's what it, it's like. I would do press for the shows, or I would have comics call me up and be like, "Oh man, isn't it weird having the club just a third full?" I'm like. I only started selling tickets like a year ago. Yeah, this so, is not. It's like an eleven thirty spot at the original room. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, we're used to it. We're comics, so yeah, well, yeah that th- I could get that. I could get around that. And they're wearing masks. Uh, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. it's like I scary, I, right? Yeah, it's scary. Callum I, got the shit. Yeah, and what's his name? Uh, Shab. Yeah, yeah. You know those guys? Uh, I know Shab. Did he get over it? Uh, yeah. I mean, they're I, fine. I don't know anyone who's uh, passed from it, but I I know some. I've got like twelve friends that have gotten it. Really? Yeah. And they all made it through. Yeah. I mean, uh, and then I I know someone whose parent passed away from it. And, oh yeah, me too. But Lori? that's Who? yeah, Lori. Yeah. Uh, her, Lori Kilmartin's Twitter. Wow. Going through that. Crazy. It it it's impossible to like. It, it's such an in-the-moment thing that it's hard to describe to people, but go back and read some of those tweets, and it, it it's just the most funny and heart-punch, gut-wrench stuff. She's, like, stuff. so equipped for it because she did that whole book about about her father passing, right? I yeah. mean, she's, like, 
the death joke person, but for it, to have, for it to be going on in real time was really hard to watch. Yeah. It was funny, but it was brutal. Yeah. And uh, so- She's the best. She's she so is. She's so fucking funny. And uh, so it, it it's tough to do shows. Everyone just kind of, you, you know, you make your own peace with it and you say, will I do this? I've, can- I've canceled some shows that I thought I was supposed to be- as we're recording this, I was supposed to be in Arlington, Texas this weekend, and then just everything started spiking. I'm like, I, I can't, and I had to cancel week of, which I, I, I hate. I, I don't want to cancel week of, but- It's dangerous. I don't want to- Did the guy, was the yeah. understanding, or was Oh, bad? everyone's been cool. Everyone's They're like, been all cool. right. It's almost like, you know, you caught him. You know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, they know. Yeah. I have to be careful because my dad is, uh, is a cancer survivor. He's he's immune compromised, so mm. I don't want to get close to him. Uh, my dad told me one time, he's like, oh, no, I'm going out to the store, and he's going to do something. And I went, Dad, stay the fuck home. Like, I'll bring you stuff. Right. He's like, no, nah, I'm just going to go to the store. And I go, Dad, I don't want you to die yeah. because of a trend. <laughs> yeah, and people you know? want to go out though. That's the weird thing. It's not they're not being stupid. They're just so yeah. like I'm going nuts. Yeah, and I, I just get that go to the fucking store. I get that. We're all we're all going nuts. I'm like that too. I got I do like almost hospital PPE to go out. I got N95 masks mm-hmm. and I've got a plastic visor just <laughs> to go to Ralph's. Yeah, you do the whole thing. But and then and then that's when you have the too long conversation with the yeah 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 with the cashier. Yeah, yeah. We're all we're all we're all just trying to figure it out. It, it, it it's an insane time to be a comedian. And uh, at the same time to be alive, to live. certainly, and it's compounded by being an American. And if we're going to get through Woo! this, shit. <laughs> but I mean, there has been some, you know, good news on the on the treatment and vaccine front. It seems like they they it seems like they're going to get a handle on it if we can just make it through this goddamn yeah winter yeah without fucking morons ruining everything i try and and that's one of the other reasons why like i canceled everything for the rest of the year when they started saying you know we got a vaccine and it's like okay well i don't want made it this far yeah i don't want (laughs) to fumble on the one yard line i want to get in so let's so so let's go let's get the let's get the damn vaccine yeah 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 i'm not gonna like my dad beat cancer i don't want to be the one that knocks him out Well, I'm glad you're taking care of yourself. Congratulations on your baby. Thanks, man. Well, she, you know, my wife did all the work. I, I stood there. I coached. Oh, yeah, you were there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, 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 you got to do it, I guess. Huh? Yeah. It was. Uh, it, it, it's crazy. You're, you're in, you're in that room, and I'm up by my wife's head, just kind of coaching her through it, telling her she's doing great and all that, and then yeah. all of a sudden you hear another voice in the room. Oh my god. It's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. And. Then and I know it's been said a million times, but then then, then they just give you the baby and say, "All right, go home. <laughs> We're gonna just take it and do what? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we only we only get you to the door. You but, gotta you gotta figure everything else out, right? But the, now, in terms of, is there is there some path to doing what you're going to have to do in in to, outside of? Are you just gonna use your own wisdom to bring up? A, mm. uh, a little person, or is there is there a, an approach that you know is uh, I known? Wanted, yeah, I mean it's kind of like parenting in general. Y'all just kind of do what you uh-huh. think is right. I right. mean, and I get that. I I want to kind of raise her the same way my dad raised me, in that you are you are aware that you are different. So when someone stares at you or says something, mm. you're not like. What? Why? <laughs> like it's like no, no, okay, this is why they're doing this, but then to have the mature response to have a response, and uh, so yeah, it's gonna be 
rough. You know, there, there's there, there's going to be times where she's going to want to do things that, as, like, but at the same time, like, I, I played a lot of sports as a kid. My mom did not want me to play sports. My dad was like, get him out there, you know, yeah. and, and so I at least have that knowledge of, okay, we can do stuff. So right. if, if, if she wants to play soccer or baseball or whatever, great. Yeah. Go, go on out there. Do the thing. Good. So it, it's that. And um, my 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 wife, in addition to being a behavioral therapist, is also a martial artist, and she wants to teach her how to be a martial artist, too. Great. So I, I thought, oh, yeah, yeah do, do that. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. You're, you got a plan. Yeah. It, 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 it's But we're all just... The, the the plan changes daily. It seems with what's going on. You yeah, know, you, you I know. I, I, like I'm just like I I'm I don't know if how much is gonna I don't know what normal is gonna look like. But in terms on the disease front, there is reasons to be a little bit hopeful. Yeah, and that's it, it's weird. It's it, it's weird how much hope does work. Well, like, I mean, what are you gonna do? I mean, it's like, it's unnatural. It's probably stupid. But mm-hmm. what's the alternative? We're fucked, man. <laughs> I mean, that is one. Yeah, but that's what, that, I mean, is... I do that too. Yeah. yeah. But it's, that's exhausting. It is. Yeah. They, I mean, the best way to go is either have hope, which is is maybe silly, or just go like, hey, I got no control mm-hmm. over what happens and I'm, I'm, I'm okay right now. Yeah. So stay in that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Totally. And uh, it, it it's just amazing when like a new good news comes out about a vaccine or something where I go, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're come almost on. there. Yeah, come on, we can do it. Come on. Come on, humans. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 you just want to get you 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 just want to get to that point. I want to go back to watching sports with packed stadiums. You want to yeah. You 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 you, you, you want to hug your friends and family. You want to have parties. Might, I think that might happen. I wasn't so sure, but I, it seems like some of these vaccines and the nature of the the virus itself is a i guess it's sort of a slow evolver it doesn't mutate too quickly so like uh you know it might be we might be able to knock it back i hope so man cuz uh got to work as much as as much as you probably enjoy the podcast and are thankful for the podcast at the same time i mean i miss hanging out at the store yeah i miss going out yeah i i, I miss that more than i miss doing comedy i miss just being able to like i'm just going to go over and it's gonna hang. Yeah, sit around. No, there, there's so many times at the store where you just go and you sit back in either the green room way, way in the back or in the parking lot, it's the hallway, the hallway. Like, and I just stare. Like, you're hanging out and you're talking. Yeah. And then you have a moment where you step back and go, "Holy shit!" B- between the five people talking right here, we could sell out a stadium. Yeah, or that one guy can. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's Russell Peters. Yeah, if we all open for him. Yeah, if, if we all open for Rogan, then, then <laughs> yes, we could sell out the fucking yeah, Staples sure. Center. Yeah. But yeah, like there was uh, uh, there was a night where it was like it, it, it was like Gaffigan and Kreischer and Rogan and and like just a bunch in Burr Burr and Regan showed up and everyone was talking and uh, Burt was talking about uh, tour bus problems and everything like that. Everyone's nodding. And then Burr came in and goes, dude, look outside. There's a bunch of fucking Benzes and Teslas. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) It's so great. And those moments, those moments are what you miss. And Whitney coming in with barbs and and Annie Letterman being awesome. And like, just, I, I miss that. That's why I want to get like, I, I want to get vaccinated just so I could run up to everyone and give them a hug and just be like, I fucking miss you. Yeah. I fucking miss you. And yeah. everyone played their part 
uh, you know, everyone has that character that when so and so walks in, you're like, oh, cool, yeah, 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 this person's here. They're they're gonna do that thing, right? Yeah, everyone, yeah, because we're all personalities, (laughs) and you know what to expect. Now, and you're always gonna get a laugh. Yeah. Now, will when things get when when things do get back and you do get back on the road, will you have that thing where even when you're experiencing the hard parts of touring, will you be like, ah, it's not that bad. Who knows? You know, I don't even like. I'm I'm honestly surprised at how much I don't miss it. You know, I've been doing it most of my life mm-hmm. without any break. Yeah. And I, you know, right before the the pandemic, days before, I dropped a you know probably the best special I ever did. So there's really it was some, good. Thanks. There's Props. some part of me that just is sort of like, man, maybe I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, maybe I'm all good. Yeah. I, what I, I mean, what I gotta uh, beat myself up for. I totally feel you. Uh, uh, my. My second special, I talked about my dad getting cancer and then beating it. Yeah. And then at the end of the special, he's in the audience. And and I had this moment where I was filming it where I was like, don't look at him. Don't look at him. Don't look at him. And then I look down and I see him and I, and I start crying. And then I started improvising like a thank you to him and just uh-huh. thanking him for everything that he did for me. And then it was so cool because I got that moment yeah like i got that moment and now that's recorded and right like i i, I have that uh, yeah after that i was like well, what am i gonna do now yeah i think i'm fixed <laughs> i think i'm all good <laughs> what, what, what's what, that special called uh, it's called uh daddy issues and uh it's streaming on amazon prime oh, good. uh and so people could go and watch that there the craziest part about that and i i couldn't find a way to, that whole special at least the dad parts was almost written just in one night because I was at the Comedy Works in Denver. Yeah. Uh, or the Not the downtown club, the landmark one. And I was in the green room. And I knew that my dad was going in for a test. Yeah. And th- this is going to be where we find out, like, is he okay? Or do we got to go for more chemo? And that would essentially be not, like, it, it's just for show at that point. Yeah. The, so, and I haven't gotten a phone call all day, all day, all day, all day. And then- I'm about um, I'm getting ready and my phone rings and I look down and it's my mom so I go like okay it's the call <clears throat> and I answer and the first words she says are he's in remission whoa and I just burst out crying yeah the other comics know that I've been telling them I'm I'm finding out this stuff today the the other comics in the room see me get a call and then burst out crying so they're probably like oh god he died. <laughs> it's the worst thing yeah, ever yeah. and then literally as i'm crying uh chuck roy is on stage and he and he just goes please welcome brad <laughs> oh, no, I, <laughs> and I had to go on stage and then like i go on stage and I, i've got tears streaming down my face and i can't just go well let's talk about what's in the news like i can't yeah i i had to address it right so then I started. I just started talking about it. Oh wow! And I, I I hadn't talked about it the entire time he was going through it. And you were getting some laughs. Yeah. And then I thought, ooh, there's something. It's interesting here. when that that's when it really happens, where you kind of got no choice, and yeah. you're in it, and then you realize like the all that our skill set mm-hmm. is getting laughs, right? So like, and but that's how I I write like that all the time. But like that, you don't know why, but you know when you're up there, if you're going to be talking about anything, the impulse in you. From 15 years of yeah. working, yeah. is that like, well, I'm going to find the laugh. Yeah, that, I'll, that's gonna I'll happen. figure it out. Right. That's going to happen innately. Yeah. I got to get there. 
Yeah, a uh, a acting coach gave me a, a set of line one time that I thought was so great, where they said, uh, "Desperate people get super creative super fast," <laughs> and it's that's right. it's really accurate. Where yeah, you, and if where, you're charming and full of shit, then <laughs> then you got everything you need. <laughs> yeah, I I just got to work on the charm part, but no, uh, yeah, you're, no, you're it, charming. It, yeah, it, th- thank you. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's it's true, and uh, those those are some of the those are some of those moments and. That's what I can't wait to get back to, because yeah. right, right now we're all kind of stuck in a limbo where it's like we're not really working on material. Material. I know it's hard, and also, but the other thing that's gone is like we're not, so, we're also not competing with each other. So like, there's a, <laughs> it's a little reprieve. Yeah. Now when you, I, you know, you're talking about driving shows, I'm like, no, fuck that. Do I gotta be a? You know, <laughs> Is, is that I something gotta, I got to do now? I got to start doing that now. God damn it! Can if you want. I know. Go out. Go out. Of course go, I can. Go out there with Kreischer. Yeah. Come on. I take my shirt off with Bert. <laughs> I don't know if Bert's fans. I don't know. Bert's fans wouldn't know what to do with me. The. Uh, it's like I like a lot of those guys. Like you know, even Rogan's guys. Like like they. I I, I can get them laughing, but yeah. you know, and they respect me. But they're sort of like, oh, I don't really want to hang out too long. <laughs> you know. That's see. That's so weird. It, it, it's so weird for me to hear you say that because I think you're one of the guys. I think you're one of the top. I am, yeah. Well, people, I, but I'm my guy. Like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm one of the guys, but I got my people. Sure. Know? Well, like, and like, also, I can make anyone laugh. I'm a pro. Yeah. But but I'm a little. I'm just not quite guy enough. <laughs> Do you know, man. What I mean? I, it, it's but it, it's a crazy thing because like I watched the I watched the Comedy Store doc. Loved it. Mm. But and, and then of course you talk about co- you talk about competing. I'm in my head going, why didn't they talk to me? You know, <laughs> of course. But then but I just it, talked to Binder. There's plenty of people that are pissed off. Sure, and I'm, I'm not mad the at the whole history of comics. Yeah, that there, are there's <laughs> so many stories that you can't tell. Look at the na- number of names on that wall and yeah. count the number of people in the in the actual dock. Yeah, so exactly. the ones that aren't dead on the wall, they're pissed a little. Bit. Yeah, so I was like looking at that, like, oh man, I I, I guess I'm not one of those cool comedy store people uh, but then uh, but then it's like it, you are one of those people and you still have thoughts so it so i know I, like, I have a certain amount of self-acceptance away. okay you know but i do know that like you, there's part of me like like why can't i you know why am i not an arena act it's like well dude that's pretty clear you never were gunning for it and <laughs> what would an arena of you <laughs> an arena look like an arena well, marin well how many you know, I mean, like I'm kind of a, I'm a specific thing in a way, mm-hmm. and, and I'm fine. I've got just enough people to make a living. But like, what am I going to tell if I if I'm attracting an arena of people? We're, we're, there's a lot of trouble, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, 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 there's definitely some comics where you, where you go like, yeah, I could see that making twelve thousand people laugh. Yeah. You know, like that right. kind of big energy. I have just the, the right size of, you know, where I'm going. I'm happy with where I'm at. but mm-hmm. And I accept that. And it is truly, you know, I'm grateful. And I and I do think I've hit my level yeah. in terms of, and it's a good level. But like, if there's more levels, you know, you're going to have your days where you're like, nah, fuck. <laughs> Where's but, my plane? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I will say that one thing that having the family gives you is that none of that shit matters. It all right, really... so I got to go get me. Right, I'll go get myself a family. Then. Go get one. Then, right. then, then you won't compare. Then, then, then I'll just come home. I'll look at. I'll look at my wife. I, I look at the Asian dwarf baby or the ADB yeah. as we yeah. call her. Yeah, and I just go okay. There you go. But okay. life's good. Okay. All right. So it's never like oh, fuck. Now I got to feed you guys. <laughs> 
I mean, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I want to put the, the the Asian dwarf baby to work and be like, hey, can you pull your weight? Do something here? Yeah, well, you've got time. <laughs> One day. Yeah. Thanks, Brett. Hey, thanks, buddy. Brad Williams, funny fella, nice guy. Come see him when he comes near you to do the thing. I can't play guitar. I don't got it in me. I don't know if that guy, do I have music in me? I could play harmonica a little, just a little. Fonda, cat angels everywhere.